Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code RESTful15. So head to bollnbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Details. Hey, are you still there? Talk Recorded live. Yeah, yeah, I got disconnected. Yeah, it's my, yeah, my but thing. I, um, yeah, go ahead. I uh, like I've been researching um, like ways of deterring pests and stuff without pesticides and that. Yeah, and I found all kinds of plants and flowers that deter all kinds of bugs. Have you ever heard of nasturtium? No, not that one. No, it's a flower, and it deters all kinds of bad bugs. It attracts bees and hummingbirds like crazy, and so the the bees are obviously good for pollinating. Yeah. Uh, obviously it's good to keep the bad bugs away, but it also, oh yeah, I researched predator wasps too, but it attracts predator, uh, predator wasps, which actually kill all kinds of harmful bugs. And then you got all kinds of birds that are also eating bugs. And to top it all off, if that isn't enough, this entire plant is edible. So, 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 like, so how do you spell that, it, that plant? N-A-S-T-U-R-T-I-U-M. But oh, okay. the, the leaves and the stem and the flower taste like pepper, but it's yes. like a hint. Apparent, I haven't tasted it yet, but apparently it's like pepper with a hint of radish. And if you eat the flower, it tastes like pepper, but it's got the nectar in it, which is a hint of sweetness to it. Apparently, it's amazing, and they're 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 insane-looking flowers. There's so many different kinds of them, all different colors. Yeah, yeah I I just googled it. That's kind of weird, because I, cause I wouldn't mind. Like I'm trying to grow. I have 20 acres here, like my yard, that I can grow anything I want, and I want to add stuff to it for my bees and you know chickens and whatever like 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 make it more permaculture type of thing yeah keep it uh keep it away from your chickens i don't know if it's good for chickens i know it's toxic to people oh there's a plant called comfrey c-o-m-f-r-e-y and it um it it has unbelievable amounts of nutrients for your soil in it. You can grow a big crop of it and use that as mulch. The the chop and drop that we were talking about, just right, cut it right. down and throw it on your garden green at the end of the fall. You can actually grow, throw it on your garden while your garden's growing, and it will keep the weeds down. It'll keep the moisture in. It'll slowly decompose. Um but it's it, a lot of farmers grow it just so they can cut it down and throw it on their garden. Huh. Yeah. And if um, and if if you if you look at your plants and you see that the, it looks like they're not getting enough nutrients, maybe the comfrey is not decomposing fast enough. You just take this comfrey and you make a tea with it. Put hot water in it or or um you can even just, if you have three weeks, throw mm-hmm. it in a, a five-gallon pail and just cover it with water, put a lid on it, and put it in a dark corner of your yard. Three weeks later, it'll smell like sewage, but you strain that and just pour the water on the soil around your plants, and it's instant nutrients for your plants. Ah. And it's got nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, so no matter what it is, if if you're in a panic that your plants are dying fast, no matter what the problem is, it's going to cure it. Because yeah. the the three main macronutrients are nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. Yeah. And then there's 
um, uh, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of other macronutrients that are less known, and then there's a whole bunch of micronutrients. But I think there's 16 known things that plants absolutely need without question, and comfrey has 15 out of the 16. Oh my God! Yeah, that'd be good. So um, I think one of the seed stores I was at recently, I think I saw comfrey seeds. So I'm going to grow some this year. But uh, I think if you let some of it go, it'll bolt and it'll produce seeds and you can probably just collect the seeds. So yeah, yeah. For the next year, if yeah. you were to grow, say, 100 of these plants, you're going to get 100,000 seeds for next year. So I'm sure you can find it in your area. If not, if I find them here, I'll send you a couple of packs or whatever, and you can start growing them, collecting your seeds. You'll never have to buy another seed as long as you live. Yeah. And I don't know how much you know about heirloom seeds, but... um. Oh, like like all my seeds I buy is, is heirloom. Yeah, that's... I, that's I, I, almost, I just buy heirloom, yeah. That's almost all I buy now, but I... Uh, it's more it's more expensive, but then it's the... It's the uh, non-GMO, non-manipulated, whatever, right? It's the original seed. Yeah, but if you um, but if you if you grow heirloom tomatoes, and you take those seeds and dry them out, mm-hmm. you'll never need to buy those seeds ever again because every yeah, yeah. year you'll get the exact same tomatoes. Hybrids, yeah. it's a crapshoot what you'll get. You might yeah. get part of the mother plant, you might get part of the father plant, or you might get something in between, a mismatch of both, mm-hmm. it's a crapshoot. But with heirloom seeds, they'll be the exact same every year. Yep. I got well, probably, my it, just my seed collection right now, I probably got 25 strains of tomatoes, and I would say probably 20 of them are heirloom strains. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, that, yeah I, I've, I've, it's been a, a few years now, but I'm, I went everything heirloom just to try to, you know, get away from, so then like you, like you say, you can collect seeds or whatever, or you, it's the original food, right? It's not a, you know, the proper way to save tomato seeds. Uh, no, I, um, I actually had no clue when I first, like, uh, when I first started saving seeds, I just figured I'll switch the tomato onto a paper towel and let it dry. Oh, and then yeah. I looked on the internet and I saw other people doing it. So I'm like, oh, I was doing it the right way. Yeah. I found out the proper way. Um, you know, when you cut a tomato open, you got the skin, you got the flesh, and then you yeah. got the holes where it's got the liquid and yeah. the seeds. The seeds, yeah. And the seeds have that little coating of clear gel around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That clear gel is a germination inhibitor because God ain't no fool. He knows that it's pointless to have tomato plants growing inside of a tomato. So right. that clear right. gel is an inhibitor, so it will not sprout. Okay. So what you do you gotta is wash no? better. You mimic Mother Nature again. You take the, all you do is you cut it open. You don't take the skin or the flesh you just run your finger through that cavity mm-hmm. and just dump all the liquid goop and seeds into a cup. Yeah. And then you put a little bit of water into the cup mm-hmm. and you leave it in a corner and forget about it for four or five, three, four or five days. And it will start fermenting. It oh. might stink a little bit. You may even get a little bit of mold on the top. But, but it's all you eat do, away. Yeah, the the fermenting will eat away at this the germination inhibitor. Then all you do is you run some room temperature water out of the tap. Mm-hmm. You put a little more water into the cup, swish it around a little bit, put a little more water in the cup, swish it around a bit, and then you slowly tip the cup. And you're going to dump all the mold off the top. You're going to dump a bunch of nasty water out a bunch of seeds that float because they're dead paper seeds anyway. Oh, and yeah. then when you get about a, when the cup's about a quarter way, a quarter empty, 
you you put a little more water in it, you swish it around a little bit, a little more water, swish it around, dump it out again, a bunch more chunks and goo and crappy water will come out. And then all the good seeds will be at the bottom with no coating on them. Like then, you can, then you dump them on a dry, hard, flat surface like a plate or a piece of glass and you let them dry. Yeah. Sun dry. And then you just put them in a sealed container and they're yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. But just yeah. like Mother Nature, the tomato falls off of the off of the plant, it ferments, yeah. the seed inhibitor gets decomposed, and now the tomato is fertilizer and it grows. Yeah. All you're doing is following Mother Nature. It's God's way. Yeah. Yeah, everything seems to be simple that way, right? Yep. But, see, when it comes to gardening, the reason we have it all upside down is because farmers need long rows with long spaces between the rows because they need their machinery in there. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're fucking with Mother Nature and creating all these hybrids and all these GMOs because if you're growing heirloom tomatoes, you know that, for one, they're ugly. They're all misshapen. They crack. They have the green top. They don't fully ripen on top. It's ugly for a farmer because people don't want to go to the store and buy those hideous-looking monsters, even though... They're the best the tasting tomatoes on the planet. People <laughs> want pretty tomatoes. But yeah. also what farmers are doing <laughs> is they want a tomato with really thick skin so the bugs and the the mold is not going to harm the tomato. They mm. want it so they can harvest the tomato green and the thick skin is going to protect it. It's not going to get soft and rot. Because with heirloom tomatoes, if you if you pull one off that's not quite ready, you're going to feel the tomato a little bit mushy. Oh, Whereas okay. if you have a rock-hard green tomato with a bulletproof skin, yeah. you can ship it green, you can store it for three, four, five weeks. And when you're mm-hmm. ready to ship it out of the warehouse, you just gas it. Mm-hmm. And it'll it'll turn the tomato green, but the tomato hasn't started the ripening process so it's not going to naturally ripen, meaning it hasn't even started to sugar up. And that's yeah. why when you buy a store from the or a tomato from the store, it's got no sweetness and no flavor yeah. because it never even started the ripening process in the first place. So now you're just tricking the tomato into turning orange. You're not, you're not bringing the sugars out. It's not sun ripening. The flavors aren't increasing. It's just a green tomato with color now. <laughs> Crazy. But that's why that's why they're fucking with things because they need a bulletproof tomato so they can pick it with machinery. It's impervious to bugs and blight, and they got the best of every world. And we're so stupid. We want a pretty tomato. We don't want a good tasting tomato. We want a pretty one. Ooh, looks like a slug yeah. might have ate that one. Ooh, that one's cracked. Ooh, and the good, and and the good tasting one is probably good for you. The one, the simple oh, yeah. one, adds adds nothing to to your to your nutrition. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's probably it's not good for you. I decided about about four thirty in the morning yesterday. Actually, today I well, yeah, yesterday by now <laughs> it's getting late already. Yeah. But I decided that I'm going to try and find myself a bricks meter. So I can test the, the nutrient density of the food I grow, and I can compare okay. it with the store-bought food. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how expensive they are, but you you grow your tomato, yeah, and you take your bricks meter and you put a drop of juice on it, and you look through it like one of those ViewMasters or whatever, like a kid's kaleidoscope or whatever. Right, right now, and it's got yeah. a little um a little meter in there. And I guess it's got a change of color, and it will tell you the bricks reading. I think probably from zero to fourteen, or I don't know, like the pH scale. I don't know how they have it metered, but you you test your tomato, and it'll say a bricks reading of twenty-four, 
Mm-hmm. And then you take your store-bought tomato and you put a drop of juice on it and you look through it one. and it'll probably say like 16 bricks. Yeah. yeah. You get to see how, how much how much more nutritious your food is than the commercial food. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's probably another, why people are... Another reason why they hybrid... Another reason why they hybrid the tomatoes and stuff is because uh, they can develop a tomato where the plant produces all its tomatoes at the same time and it's all ripe at the same time and the plant stays a certain height. Everything is uniform. Every tomato is two ounces. Every plant is two feet tall. Every plant is ready on August 23rd. Everything's just machine calculated precisely. Yeah, but just taking all uh, the nature and art out of it and replacing all the nature and art with science. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's money, like money, money, right? Yep. So, if, yep. and then and then their plastic trays, well, it fits perfectly in it. If you know, I can fit six tomatoes in this tray if they're all the same size. Yep. Kind of thing, right? So it's kind of like a. Yep. Yeah, fifty boxes per skid, eighty yeah. skids per truck. Yeah. So it's like a Ford factory, like you know, Ford uh, uh, a factory yeah. that he developed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, assembly line, yeah. Just keep it keep it simple, keep it going, yeah. Money, 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 yeah. But, but that's, I guess that's we're... the only reason that's the only reason they waste so much of their garden space with having the big long the big wide rows. It's because mm-hmm. they can save the almighty buck by getting their machinery in there and picking it immediately. All at once. Everything's ready at the same time. It's rock hard because it's green and it's got thick skin. The machines don't damage it. There's not a a blemish on this thing. Because I know in in uh, in Belize, like uh, I, w- I was there in 2006, I think it was, and uh, there's a whole bunch of bananas there in in Belize, and uh, and I talked to the locals because they were putting these big plastic bags, like big big not bags, but like they were wrapping bananas, like the big banana shoots, whatever. This might be, I don't know, a hundred bananas in one, one thing. And they were wrapping in plastic and these rows and rows of banana trees. So I talked to a local, I said, well, why do you guys put plastic there? They said, because, uh, uh, people in the United States don't like to see, um, dance in their, uh, in their bananas. So they wrap, they wrap them in plastic. So bugs don't go and eat, a bit of the skin, so then when they sell it, they can sell it as a, you know, unblemished banana. Yeah. Thinking, oh, and that's the only reason they put plastic there. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, when you're eating a banana, it's been covered with plastic. <laughs> you know, how 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 nutrition is that? Eh? Yeah. Like, I'd rather eat a yeah. banana that has, that has a little notch in it from a bug and know that it was out in the sun, you know, type of thing. Yeah, it's our super superficial mentality and our um, our blatant ignorance. We ask for this shit. We do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And these I want the perfect country. tomato. Yeah. yeah, and they do. I don't care. What, I don't care what you do to my tomato. Just make it look pretty. I don't care what it tastes like. I don't care if it's nutritious. Just I I do not want a single spot on my tomato. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. That's why well, I leave funny. the ugly. Yeah, leave the ugly heirlooms to me. I'll take them. Oh, frickin' yeah. Yeah, spring will be here soon, so we'll be planting garden soon. And, yeah, do do the year again. Because I'm still eating my potatoes from uh, from last year. Like, I still have some. Now they're they're sprouting, so I'll, probably be, able to, I'll be able to plant what, what I have left and go from there. Yep. Like, plant my potatoes from, so, I mean, this. My, yeah, my if, you're, uh, if you're interested in trading seeds at all, let me know. I'll trade seeds. Let me know what you want. I'll tell you what I'm looking for or whatever. We'll send seeds to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm hoping our, our friendship can last uh, uh, a lifetime. I'm not uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this is not a short-term thing, so – I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold grudges. So you, you got to do something really bad for me to hate you. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if you, if you, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a kind person. I'm not a, you know, so I'm not. Uh, I, 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 I assume I don't hurt many people, so I don't hurt anybody. So. 
I'm, I'm not out to get anybody. I just like to be uh, left alone, and and I love yeah. learning and bees and farming and stuff like that. So, no. Yeah. Well, let me know, yeah, if I can help you in any way. I, man, you, you've helped me so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, because really, really, all it takes is, uh, like, if I, if I were to send you five seeds. You plant five of them. Hopefully, all five come up. Maybe only three come up. Who cares? Even yeah. if only one comes up, all it takes is one, one or two one tomatoes, two. and you got yeah. way more than you started with. Oh yeah, I know. Because they were saying, I forget. I think it's seven years. Like you can take a bag of wheat. I don't know if it's a whole bag, but let's say you take a bag of wheat, and if you grow wheat, and like. In seven, and you and you keep all the wheat seeds, like the, the the grain, and then in seven years you'll have more wheat than you could you could you could grow the whole planet, or something. It's yep. something ridiculous. Like it doesn't take, like people think it it would take a hundred years to get enough wheat to grow the whole planet, but really, with one bag, you in seven years you'll you'll you know you have enough wheat for the whole planet. So well, that's like um. Like, just think you plant one kernel of corn in the ground, one stalk comes up, and I don't know how much corn grows on a stalk, but say you get three, four cobs of corn, look how many more seeds you you ended up with from one. Yeah, you got like a hundred times, you might have a 300 seeds or, or, may, or maybe more or a thousand seeds or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's so, like um, like the nasturtium I was talking about. I'm going to grow nasturtiums. I'm going to collect thousands of nasturtium seeds. Yeah. And I'm going to put them in my pepper mill, and I'm never going to buy pepper ever again. Right. Yeah. And, conversely, and you know what? Yeah. Conversely, I might plant some peppercorns and grow a pepper tree in my house, grow my own black pepper. I think it's a tropical plant, so I don't know how much luck I'll have with it. Because if it's a huge tree, I'm not going to grow it in my house for 50 years. But if I can grow it in a pot, keep it like a dwarf tree, bring it outside all summer, bring it in all winter, that'd be mm-hmm. awesome if I could grow my own black pepper. Well, yeah. I'm sure you can. I, I don't know, I don't know how, how big they are. but Do you guys have uh, the bulk barn where you are? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's a story you mean or what? Yeah, I don't know. You probably have one somewhere somewhere in a city near you, but it's basically a store where they just have big bins and it's just unpackaged food. Like you can buy peanuts, beans, uh, sunflower seeds, flour, soup mix, anything you can think of, like uh, Kraft well, macaroni like- and cheese. You can buy the – it's just big barrels of cheese. Right, and but, the- um, – and and then you just scoop it out, right? Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I uh, I just I just got some stupid idea one day. I went to the bulk food store, and I got a scoop of these beans, a scoop of these beans, a scoop of red lentils, a scoop of sunflower seed, bird food, a scoop of this, a scoop of that, and I just went home and I just started planting shit. I grew my own mustard. From mustard okay. seeds, uh, yeah. I grew my own. Uh, I guess in India it's called coriander, and here it's called cilantro. But I grew my own coriander seeds, oh, and yeah. uh, all the beans I put in the ground grew. All the lentils, all the peas, uh, the bird, the sunflower seeds, they all sprouted. A hundred percent germination rate. Like so people are going and buying like buying a pack of bean seeds for two, three, four, five bucks. For and two bucks, I can buy a ridiculous amount of beans and plant them. Exactly, yeah. And and, but and I the ones buying the package are they're, they're they're probably only like fifty or sixty percent germination. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't know I don't know how much you know about beans, but I went there and I started looking at these fucking beans. Anasazi, they got these beans, they're Anasazi beans, okay. and they're white beans with brown spots. They look exactly like tiny cows. Really? Yeah. 
They, they got pinto beans. They got soybeans, black-eyed peas, like all these different kinds of beans, navy beans, white kidney beans, red kidney beans. Like it's all there. They got wheat kernels. They got lentils. They got barley. Like, all this shit's there. People are going and spending a fortune on seeds. Dude, it's all there. It's almost free. Yeah, yeah, for two it, bucks. It, for yeah. two bucks, I bought a heavy ass p- bag of beans yeah. instead of buying ten from a store. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sometimes people just yeah. If it's packaged differently, well, then it costs more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're paying for the package. You're paying for the yeah, crazy. Yeah, beans are cheaper than dirt, but bean seeds are two bucks a pack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beans as opposed to bean seeds. Oh, okay. See, so what you could do is go go to your uh, your bin place, and then repackage it and sell it as uh, as uh, seed, right? <laughs> I actually I was thinking that, and I might do it just because people are so fucking stupid. Yeah. I don't know how I was the only one on. Yeah. It's beyond me how I was the only I was the only clever one on the planet that came up with that apparently. Because you could probably sell it like a thousand percent, right? Or, uh, you know, let's say if it costs you a dollar a bean, you could probably make, you know, a hundred bucks off of it or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like your, your your conversion factor for the amount of beans you get? Yeah. Well, if if I bought a dollar worth of beans, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to hold it with both of my hands. Like cupping my hands together, I wouldn't be able to hold oh it my in my God. both hands. Yeah. And you, you can go to the grocery store and you can buy a packaged bag of dried beans. You can get navy beans, you can get lentils, mm-hmm. you can get soybeans. It's packaged in the grocery store. It's dirt cheap. Beans are freaking cheap. Yeah. Like so you, you can buy eat some and then grow some? Yeah. You buy... Okay, think you buy a a bag of beans, I don't know, a one kilo bag or whatever, you probably got 2,000 beans in that bag. Just think one bean, what if it grows 50 pods and six, seven beans per pod? Per per pod, yeah. So one bag of beans, holy fuck, man. Think of how many beans you can grow. Because I think... Like I could be wrong, but I think it's seven years, and and that might be for beans, wheat, or whatever. But I think it's like you don't need that much, and then because yeah. it multiplies so much, right? Like yeah, it, 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 you know. Yeah, it like, really doesn't matter if you're growing beans, corn, tomatoes, nasturtiums. It, it it's the same with everything. I don't know, maybe maybe the amount of time is different, but it's the same principle. One seed yeah. yields many seeds and yeah. it just and then, exponentially increases. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the power of seven, well, you're, you've got like, it's, it's not infinity, but I mean, it's, it's so much that, you know, that you couldn't plant it yourself. You couldn't yeah, hire exactly. enough people to plant that much. Yeah. And, and, and the amount of surface on the planet, well, you're, you're, you're going to run out of, you know, they, they just say, it's, you know, you have to consume and, it, right? And there's people starving. I know. How the fuck does that make sense? I know. And then, you know what? In Africa, that's like the most fertile place on the planet, supposedly, and people are starving. And you're thinking, well, I live in northern Alberta where our growing season is like 60 days, 55 days. You know, and we can grow stuff up here. Imagine if you're living in a place where you don't get minus 48 yeah. Weather, you know, <laughs> like you could grow shit all year round. I don't know. Well, here's another thing. I don't know where it is. Like fucking some some country where it's uh, where people are starving or whatever, and uh, nobody can afford. Like I guess it's really sandy, shitty soil, and nobody can afford fertilizer for their plants. Mm-hmm. These people finally clued in. Just piss on the thing. Your piss has so much ammonia, which plants need. It's full of nitrogen. It's full of all kinds of trace elements. Like if you're eating bananas, 
you're getting all the potassium and all the nitrogen out of it, what your body doesn't need, it's going out in your golden piss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They oh, just finally weird. realized we can't afford fertilizer. Our piss contains all the fertilizer we need. Apparently, if you piss in a bottle, you fill a bottle one-tenth of the way full, yeah. and you just pop it off with water. One-tenth piss, nine-tenths water, and you right. fertilize your plants with it. If you had to, you can grow your own plants with piss. Oh, uh, Okay. Just from that, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Like, it sounds kind of disgusting, but you can grow plants with cow shit, chicken shit, duck shit, moose shit, any kind of shit on the planet. Yeah. It's gross to deal with human shit so people don't do it. But if you had to grow crops or die, piss and shit in the soil, mix it up, grow your plants in it. If you have to do it, you have to do it. If it's yeah, life then, or death, you're going to frickin' do it. Well, yeah, no kidding. No. Because here on the but farm, I have, no... a, I have a, a, a sewer system. So my sewer pump pumps out about, you know, let's say 200 feet from my house. Then I have like a ditch that kind of runs away. But that ditch, like where my sewer pumps out, it, it yep. grows like, I'd say, like you say, 100 times. Like anything that grows near that ditch or in that ditch is like a hundred times more green and bigger, right? Because it gets all the nutrients from from our septic tank, right? From nature. So from the yeah, from the nature, yeah. Like it's all of, it's all the the same peaceful balanced cycle. Yeah. You get your nutrients from the plants, you shit out what you don't need, you piss out what you don't need, it goes back to the dirt. And it's nutrients for the new plants to grow. You eat yeah. those plants, you shit and piss them out. Into the soil it goes. You just repeat, repeat. Yeah. Mother Nature is beautiful. It's just simple. Yeah, but now they're, like, they're I, I um I honestly don't think I will ever use any kind of animal manure again. And I don't have the need to use my own piss and shit on my plants because I have leaves and wood chips and kitchen scraps. I can get coffee grounds. I can do all kinds of shit, chop and drop my plants right where they are. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think people need to wake up a little bit, but, um, if like, say, just say you had a tiny farm, you're out in the middle of nowhere and you were dirt poor, you could get a pile of wood, you could get a bucket, put a toilet seat over it, you can piss and shit in a bucket, put wood chips on it. Piss and shit in a bucket, put wood chips on it. The wood chips are all the carbon you need and your piss and your shit is all the nitrogen you need and you could grow your comfrey in your your own compost from your own body's waste and you you could grow your comfrey which you're not going to eat and fertilize the heck out of that and yeah, then you yeah. cut the comfrey and you put that on your garden that way you're not fertilizing with your own piss and shit but yeah, not drop those to waste yeah, exactly yeah it's a cycle or uh whatever or it's a, uh, but think about think about the pioneers they yeah. would they would they would go and buy grain they'd buy corn seed or something they'd get a grain sack mm-hmm. and they would use that grain sack to make a pair of pants yeah. and when the pants wore out they would patch it up when the pants were too bad to patch up they would use that grain sack and make a quilt when the quilt was no good anymore they would use that for horse blankets. When it was no good for horse blankets, it would become something else, like rags for the barn. Like they would use everything to its absolute maximum. Yeah, and there was no garbage piles and stuff, right? Yeah, now we get everything in plastic, we shave once and throw it away. Yeah. Yeah, it's a throwaway, yeah. And even it's it's getting to a point where uh, a vehicle or a car or whatever like they'll do a brake job and they oh you need new rotors and boom they just buy you know 
they'll replace the rotors instead of, you know, grinding them down or doing whatever. Like in the old days, you used to grind down your rotors and, you know, it it, yeah. it wasn't like, but now they say it's so, you know, they just put in a new rotor. They don't, you know, it's like a throwaway society, right? Yeah, well, Crazy. speaking of throwaway society and cars, you used to be able to buy a car and get, what, 30, 40 years out of it? Yeah. So what do you get a car now? Three, four years, and you got all kinds of headaches. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. No, my uh, my cars last about. Uh, well, I have a 1975 GMC. I have a uh, yeah, my uh, that's 25. Let's see here, in 15, that's 40 years old. I have a 68 pickup. Mine lasts a long time. But the old ones. Yeah, because they're old. Yeah, I know, and they're still running. There's a guy. So buy, a two, buy a 2000, buy a 2015, yeah. and see if you have it in like 2030. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Eh? There was a guy who came to buy some some eggs, and he uh, and he and he noticed my uh, I have a 1975 five ton uh, truck there that I used to haul stuff. He goes, that's still runs. I said, yeah, yeah, I just. Jump in, turn the key. Oh, you know, I can do whatever with it. And then he turns around, and there's a pickup, a 1968 pickup. He goes, "That's still around." He goes, "Yeah." I said, "My dad brought that brand new. Like my dad passed away, but it's like we kept it in perfect shape." I said, "Yeah." Like in the summer, I I'll go to town once a week with it just to keep it, you know, because just to keep it, you uh, like using it type of thing, you know. Yeah. Or else it would just yeah, sit so there and go all stiff. Yeah, I'll step. So once a week, I'll go to town with the 68, and once a month, I'll take the 1975 and do a, a garbage run or whatever, you know, like I use the vehicle, you know. <laughs> but yeah. he, I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's pretty cool. I said, well, yeah, whatever, fuck, you know. I don't need a new one. Just, just yeah. If it still runs, as I can use it, so. But, yeah, the throwaway society. Sad. Yeah, yeah I, um... Yeah, I, I do all kinds of stupid. Like I um, I used to. Uh, well, back in the day, I used to throw my eggshells away. Then I started saving my eggshells, crushing them up, and using them in as mulch because it's uh, it's a good source of calcium for the plant. Yeah. Now what I've been doing, just because I'm an idiot, when I crack my eggs. Yeah. I crack it as close to the top as I can. So all I'm really doing is busting the top off the egg. Okay. And then I poke, I poke, I, I haven't actually used them yet, but I cr- I just busted the top off the eggs. Then I poke a hole in the bottom of the shell with a pin. Yeah. I'm going to fill it with potting soil. I'm going to plant seeds in it. And when the plants oh, yeah. grow to a certain height, I'm just going to trans crush up the eggshell a little bit and put the whole eggshell in the ground. Yeah, so the roots can go through the eggshell, yeah. Yeah, and now, then, and, now and, the and then plants, nutrients. Yeah. Yeah, so now the plants have the eggshell, but I don't have to go out and buy plant pots. I don't have to buy yeah. seed pots anymore. Yeah. And it's just funny to do. That's the only reason I'm doing it is because it's fucking ridiculous. It makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just keep it simple, eh? yeah. And I'm sure in the old days they used to do shit like that just to keep it, you know. Probably. they didn't have the, yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, back in the day, they probably fed the egg, sh- the chicken eggshells to the chickens. Yeah, well, I do. Like every egg that I I I open, I I I have like a one gallon pail that we throw all our our our, our table scraps, like our you know when I do a juice or whatever. Or, and then if I yep. crack an egg in the morning, I just throw it in there, throw it in there, and then once a day. I, I get about a gallon of of uh, green and whatever is in there, and then I feed that to the chickens. So they're yep. they're picking it, eating it, whatever. Yep. And so then, now not only are they getting calcium from the bugs and stuff they're pecking at, but they're also getting solid calcium from the eggshells. Yeah. And then I walk back Good. with a dozen or sixteen eggs from the chicken coop. You know, like I, I throw I throw them, they all go out and eat. Then I go and I grab 16 eggs or 12 eggs or whatever, and I walk back in the house, wash the egg, you know. So it's kind of a, a symbiotic relationship, right? Yeah, it's the same old cycle of Mother Nature. The yeah. chickens 
eat the calcium, they lay the eggs. They eat the calcium, they lay the eggs. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> that was easy, you know. And then I waste way less. Like with three kids, you know, the kids sometimes, some days they'll eat their whole meal. Some days they eat half. Some days they eat, you know, whatever. So instead of throwing the garbage, I throw in the pail, right? And then, yeah. so, you know, you know, I don't know. Kids are, I don't know, some days, whatever. You can cook them the same thing two days in a row. One day they'll eat, and the next day they don't eat, or whatever. And they're just like, oh. <laughs> can't figure it out. Uh, See, that's another thing that uh, I think is funny is um, I never knew this. I'm sure a lot of people don't know this, but stuff like beets and radishes, you yeah. can use the leaves for salads and stir fries. Okay, yeah. I don't think anybody does that. Everybody I know, they cut the they cut the tops off the radishes and beets, and they use the radishes and beets, throw everything else out. Yeah, I, I, I well, the thing is, the chickens eat it. Like you know, I'll, I'll like I say, like I'll cut off the beets and the the radishes, and I throw it in my pail, and the and the chickens eat it. But if the chickens can eat it, we can probably eat it too, right? You know. Yeah, like I don't know. I I would be a little careful on that. I'm sure there's some things chickens can eat that people can't, but generally that's probably yeah. probably about right. Yeah. See, here's another idea. Grow a huge patch of radishes, uh, beets, carrots, uh, potatoes. Just grow a huge field of them. Let your chickens go out, eat all the leaves off of everything. Just go out there with a shovel, dig the roots up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't, yeah. Yeah. Free chicken yeah, food. You're not wasting any of the. You're not re- wasting any of the. Um, any of the roots which you're eating. Yeah. Y- you're. You're only eating the roots, but you're not wasting the tops. And again, the chickens will eat the nutrient food, and they'll shit and piss all over the field, and that's more nutrients. And as soon as you dig up the roots, grow something else. By then, it's probably cold, and plant a bunch of kale. Planned yeah. a bunch of broccoli and cauliflower. Well, I guess bro- or Brussels sprouts and cabbage and stuff, I think they take a long time, but... Yeah, up here, it's... Up here, things grow so quick because of the sunlight we get. We get almost 24 hours of sunlight. But it's mm-hmm. a really short growing season. But we can grow stuff yeah. that they can't grow down south, even though they have less frost, frost-free days, but we have more, way more sun, eh? That's kind of a... Yeah, be- yeah, it, it depends too because you have long sun hours, yeah. but it's not the blistering heat of southern Florida or Texas. No, no, it's like 29, 28 degrees, but we got like, you know, 20 hours of sun or 22 hours of sun or whatever. So nice. you, you you still have enough time to get tomatoes in, I guess, obviously? Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is it'd be... Up here, we almost need a greenhouse because just when just when you start picking the tomatoes, then then you got the chance of uh, of frost, right? So sometimes a lot of years, I'll pick the tomatoes like because if they freeze outside, they're screwed, right? So I'll pick them and bring them downstairs, and then and then they ripen, you know, downstairs and in in uh, you know in my house type of thing. But it's but it'd be nice to have a greenhouse to eliminate that, you know, to be able to to carry an extra month outside or an extra two weeks or three weeks or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure if it's an heirloom variety or not, but I bought these seeds, uh, tomato seeds. They're called subarctic plenty. Oh, yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with temperature. I think it's just because the short. subarctic is a short season, but these things... Yeah. uh I I put them in uh, like I just got seeding trays, and I planted them in uh, trays, mm-hmm. and these things only took a couple days to pop up, and they're super fast maturing. Yeah. yeah so I don't apparently. know if they're heirloom seeds; they'd probably be perfect for you. Yeah. I I did a little research on them. Apparently, um, the Canadian government developed them, or they were developed for the Canadian troops. 
um, because uh-huh. they were stationed up north. They had a short growing season. I don't know what war it was, but um, uh-huh. but yeah, these things apparently they're super high yielders and they they mature really fast. So they'd probably be good for you. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, I'm challenged up here, like where we live, but it's but it's fun to be uh, to be in the, in a challenge of like you know to, to find out what grows and what doesn't and how how to make it grow. So yeah. Um, but eventually, I'd like to get a greenhouse. Yeah, cold weather crops like um, like you can you can just do little tricks to push things to the limit. But um, stuff like uh, like like kale, I've already got mm-hmm. it outside. I I put a bunch of seeds in trays, wet them down. I put them outside, and I'll go outside at night and I'll stick my finger in the soil and find mm-hmm. that it's frozen on top. Yeah, oh, and yeah, I'll go out no. there three, four days later. I look, and my kale sprouted in the yeah. in like minus six, minus seven. It's actually yeah. sprouting from seed and growing in this freaking cold. Yeah, you can grow beets. I think beets. You can grow radishes. You can grow lettuce in the cold. Kale, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. They're all cold weather crops. I think so peas will could, grow in cold too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think all of them, but a lot of peas, like especially uh, snow peas. Yeah. But, um, like, if Brussels sprouts take a long time to grow, sprout them in the house, like, four months before last frost. And um, they'll probably take a long time because they're a slow-growing thing, but two months before, or I don't know, maybe a month before the last frost, mm-hmm. plant them outside. Yeah. And it'll take them a long time, but they already got a huge jump. And yeah. since they're cold weather crops, when everything else dies because of the frost, the Brussels, the Brussels sprouts and the cabbage actually get sweeter after a frost. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so even, though, even though Brussels sprouts take a long time to mature, start them out early, let them take their time outside and you get to leave them in the ground a little bit longer. And if you have to just throw a bunch of PV, like put a couple stakes, metal, metal spikes in the ground and tarp them up, hook a PVC pipe on it. So it's got a big arc, make a hoop house out of it, throw plastic. Yeah. You'll get another month of growing season. You'll probably get Brussels sprouts when nobody around you does. Yeah. I know there's a lot of techniques, a lot of yeah. No, but it's only yeah, it's uh, time, energy, and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah. But that's time, all energy, I do now is I I find cheap, fast, yeah. easy ways of doing things where I don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah, like like nature will take care of it. It's just the setup and and the planning, right? Yeah, like if you, again, like your wood chip pile, if you got awesome dirt like that it, and you plant other plants underneath your bigger plants to retain soil from eroding and to keep the nutrients in, you're cutting your water down, you're cutting your weeding down, you're cutting your tilling down, you're cutting your fertilizer bill down, you're like just a no-work garden. A yeah. zero cost garden. It it is easy to do. You yeah. just got to do a little research, use your head, and set everything up properly, and just let the plants. They know what to do. All they're doing, they're they're genetically programmed to fucking grow. Yeah, to grow. Just, just leave them grow. Set them up perfectly in the beginning, and just let them do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't uh, and don't kill your dandelions. Holy fuck. Yeah, but I I just. I'm a cheap, lazy bastard. I just want things to do it for me. Yeah. Anything that can do itself, I, I'll let it do itself. Well, I built that solar passive uh, chicken coop where, you yeah. know, the south face of my chicken coop is at 58 degrees. So it's the same degree where I'm on the planet and whatever. So it actually, like, I gain about 25 to 25 degrees Celsius in the winter. Like, my chicken coop is warmer than, than, than the outside, and there's no heat in there, eh? 
And there was a guy who stopped, who had uh, 100 chickens. He lives about an hour south of me, and he stopped to buy some honey. And uh, and he says, I noticed your sign of uh, eggs and whatever. He goes, but uh, I, I like like we have 100 chickens, so he was just going to buy honey. So he was just buying honey, and I said, oh, okay. And then he was uh, telling me that he, he heats his chickens and this and this. And I said, well, I don't heat my my chickens. He goes, and they're okay? I said, well, yeah, they, you know, even last year when it was like minus 48, they, they were okay. I said, my coop goes, you know. So I started explaining my coop, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and normally chicken coops don't have like a big, my window in the front is like eight feet wide by four feet, right? Like the whole south face is like basically a, a window. And he's like, oh, interesting. I said, yeah. And I showed him the inside-outside temperature, and I, I was gaining about 20 degrees that day. It was like minus 10 outside. And it was about almost 12 degrees inside, you know, just from the sun. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? So that that so now I'm saving electricity. I don't need to heat them. The you know the sun takes care of that. So you know, yeah. it's just one thing planning a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, I watched all kinds of off-grid shit. Like this guy, he um. I don't know, he was at the dump or something and he found a shitty a shitty old little wood stove and okay. he found a uh a hot water heater. <laughs> so he took the the copper pipe from the bottom of the the hot water tank mm-hmm. and he coiled it around the uh the, the stove pipe. Yeah. So he filled up the tank with cold water. He fired up the wood stove. The wood stove got the copper pipe hot, which made the water rise as it got warmer. The warm water dumped into the tank as cold water kept coming out the bottom, heating up the coil. Mm-hmm. He just made his own hot water heater. Now he heats nice. his garage and his water from wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just I watched yeah. the guy... I didn't understand a lot of the process, but I watched this guy in a series of YouTube videos um, take a steel barrel, turn it into some kind of crazy wood-burning contraption, and the heat and the smoke went through somewhere else. It got filtered. It got cooled. It got uh, deionized, I don't know, dehumidified, whatever. And then it actually ran up uh, alongside of the truck, mm-hmm. up through the grill and into the carburetor, and he was running his truck off wood gas. Oh, I've I've heard of that where it's called like a rocket fuel or a rocket a rocket chimney, and then and then you can use that to power generators or or like you say trucks or whatever. It's because it forms a, a like the uh, the smoke of the wood burning forms a type of gas that you can reburn, right? Yeah, put, yeah. I've only heard it I've only heard it called wood gas, but yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then it's very yeah because you can like uh, when you when you're burning your wood stove, you're only getting a small percentage of the actual heat of your wood or whatever. Like a lot of that uh is wasted in the chimney, right? But but you yeah. can like yeah, yeah, there's a way to capture that. I forget. Yeah, I I've heard about that that you can use uh Whatever it's called, yeah. Me too. I don't know the exact <laughs> mechanics behind it, but I know it's it's doable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've been watching all kinds of crazy shit. Like, like it's 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 retarded how much information I have in my head now, just because I I got nothing better to do except make myself smarter. Yeah. No, it's. But the thing is, yeah. And then a guy does this, it does that, and you implement or you you add that information to uh, to whatever you're doing, right? Yep. Yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah. I watched shows where people were making um, some kind of uh, rocket stove thing, where they yeah. actually had it in their kit or in their living room. Okay. Have you ever heard of biomass stove? Uh, no, I don't think so. Basically, what it is is they. It sounds kind of crazy, but they build this super efficient wood stove out of a steel barrel. Yeah. Like it's a, it's got a barrel inside of a barrel. 
Right. And they they pack this thing like all around this thing. They encase it in mud, and the the exhaust pipe from it mm-hmm. goes under this mud couch that they build, and it oh, runs all the up. length of. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what happens is there's so much mud it's it's an insulator and it and it and it heats up and it yeah. holds the heat like crazy so yeah. this stove the design of this stove is very efficient so when you go out to the wood pile you're bringing one log in the house and you're, you're splitting it up into kindling and all yeah. you're doing is burning the kindling and it's so efficient that it and it holds the heat so much that one log will keep your house hot for three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Just all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, because it's kind of reburning the smoke probably and then the whole, yeah. And then then any heat in the chimney is converted to, like you say, to the couch or to to whatever the the, the mass, right? Yeah, but it's... The button mass or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but it's, um, it's such a big mass of dirt that it heats up slowly. Yeah. So it's not like you sit down and you burn your ass. It's slowly getting warmer, but it yeah. takes forever to cool off. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a battery, but a battery for the heat. Like you're storing your heat in, in, in your mud pile instead of storing yep. it in a battery or whatever. Yeah. And you can use that same idea <clears throat> with a wood stove to do that to your greenhouse. You can You can bury your greenhouse a little bit. Yeah, or the, you can build the dirt up high around the walls and encase your greenhouse. But you can yeah. do the same thing and heat your greenhouse all winter off of like a couple of logs. That and you're using the uh, the temperature of the soil to help your yep. uh, if you go a bit a bit below the frost level or whatever. Yep. No, it's be. Yeah. Uh, there's so many things we can do, but we're we're only here right now for one lifetime, right? <laughs> yeah. So you gotta. Uh, that's a funny thing. But it seems like a but lot of people are, like, are, are are wasting their lifetime. But see, especially a guy like you, you got a big chunk of land. You're yeah. learning all this shit. You got kids that are gonna eventually take over the farm. They're gonna have kids. So like, by the time your kids are old and dead, you yeah. could have the biomass stove. You could have the souped up greenhouse you could have a farm vehicle that runs off wood gas run your generators and everything off wood gas you do your crazy water heater wood stove you have your solar panels your fancy chicken coop like you could have that farm so jacked up yeah i know yeah incredible because right now it didn't take much to have no i have like honey customers i have you know egg customers and stuff like that but if you add a, a, a greenhouse that you can grow vegetables year-round, well, you can start having vegetable customers or whatever, you know, kind of thing. So it, it, yep. it, uh, the customers help to develop the next thing, right? Yep. You know, you just kind of keep going, right? So. But, it, yeah, it only gets better from there. Your customer, he says, oh, what the fuck is that thing? Is that a yeah. – yep, yep, that's exactly what it is. Holy crap. Yeah, I saw a guy one time, he had one of these, and he did this to his. And you go, holy yeah. shit, now you make yours better. Yeah, yeah, now he's exactly. going to go home and he's going to build one because he actually saw it with his own eyes. Holy fuck, yeah. somebody did it and it worked. See, what I'm thinking, this chicken farmer who has 100 chickens, he might build uh, a chicken coop similar to mine because he's going to save, you know, eight months of heating. Yep, of electricity, right? <laughs> you might say, well, that fucker, you know, I only have 25 chickens, but I don't have to heat them. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yep. Funny. But I'm falling asleep here. I, I hate to, to end the conversation, but... Yeah, this is a good long one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. No, it's awesome. It's just that I'm... Uh, That's good, though, because I, I hadn't talked to you in so long. Well, I talked to you the yeah. last few minutes a little while ago, but... Yeah, no, no, that's perfect. We should do this more often. But hopefully... yeah, you can call me anytime. I um, if my phone's not ringing, I don't go near it. So I I don't ever think to to call anybody. So 
If you call me, I'll I'll, I'll talk to you anytime. It's just don't okay. don't think I'm uh, ignoring you or avoiding you or anything. It's just I don't call anybody. Yeah, no, no, that sounds fair. And I'm uh, yeah, yeah, and I and I like these Monday calls if they're not. Uh, you know, if if your call, if your if your talk show is not too too busy, well then I'll I'll go on. We'll go from there. And we'll go, we'll we'll chit chat, whatever. Cool. Well, we'll talk to you later. Take care. Eh? Yeah, you too. Okay. See you later. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.